Welcome to the 6am Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6am Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6amrun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the 6AM Run Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Paisant. As always, it is a pleasure to have you being a part of the show. We hope you had a great holiday. We hope 2024 is a great year for you, and we have a really good show for you today. As always, this show is brought to you by 6AM Run and 6AMRun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. So today we have Dr. Bajoy John, that is B-I-J-O-Y-J-O-H-N. If you're looking for him online, we're going to talk about something very important, sleep and a lot more. Dr. John, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our audience? Mark, thanks for um, you know having me on your show. It's, it's been a Pleasure talking to you in the last few minutes. I'm Dr. Bijoy John. I'm a board-certified sleep specialist. I've been practicing for 25 years. My background is ICU, pulmonary. I left that behind. Started my own clinic about three years ago, and I feel uh, this this specialty is underserved. And I see folks coming in day in and day out. Nobody is sleeping. So I said, I got to do something about this. So I know uh, I have the joy of sleeping. My mom taught me how to sleep. So I'm sharing it. I decided to write a book. And so the book's in press. I signed it off today. It's being pre-ordered. It's ready to go. Uh, It covers the whole gamut of uh, sleep problems in all ages. And I'm doing the pod uh, match uh, and the podcast show. And uh, Mark has been kind enough to let me in. And so we'll have a great time talking and learning about sleep. And I'm really looking forward to this because, like I told you before the show, I I think I've only had one other person come on the show and specifically talk about sleep. But one thing that you write is that your aim is to heal the world by teaching folks how to sleep better. So how does helping people sleep better start to heal the world? This is uh, sleep is the superpower. You know, we have so many other functions, but once you know how to sleep, because we heal in our sleep. So once you heal, I mean, once you sleep better, you are better energetic, you are more uh, aware of things. So a rested mind is a charged up mind. It can do a lot of things with the greatest uh, performance. So it's like, a, you know, our brain is like a revved up engine. It needs rest. It needs um, uh, some deep rest. So what I mean by rest is the sleep. So we, you know, we, we, we dream, we heal, and in the morning we're ready and supercharged, ready to take on the world. So we become better people when we sleep better. In, I mean, I have my own experience. So uh, once I discovered that, the joy of sleeping and I just, I'm making my life's mission to teach it to everyone. And I hear that. And I, I guess a lot of the questions around sleep always comes to, I mean, I, I think the question people ask all the time is, is how much do I need? And, and I know the answer is unique to the individual. I understand that. 
But when people come up to you or, or come to your, your practice and they say, Dr. John, how much sleep do I really need? Can you really answer that question? Correct. As adults, we need about seven to eight hours of sleep. But most of us are like that. But there are a few people who can get away with limited sleep. You know, most high-achieving people, the previous presidents, Elon Musk, they're all short sleepers. But most of us need seven to eight hours of sleep to go through different cycles of sleep, to get the balance of REM sleep and non-REM sleep. So the challenge becomes, if you don't get that and you're s- tired the next day, you you have a problem. So let's say you, you're deficient by one hour a week. So end of the week, you're not slept the whole night. So you you lost you have one whole night of rest. So if you look at that way, you know how sleep deprived and in sleep debt we are all in. So, but it doesn't work the other way. Like I can't get, like I can't make that all up in one night. So if I sleep six six six, I can't like make it up and sleep twelve hours one night. It doesn't work the other way, correct? It doesn't work like that because we, our body is influenced by the sun and the noise. And so it's called the circadian influence and our own body's influence is clashing. So when the sun comes out, you are more awake because we are all creatures of the sun. So if you sleep more hours, you're actually catching up with and then me- messing the circadian rhythm altogether again. So uh, if you're sleeping more, that means you're in sleep debt, Mark. I I was in sleep debt a, a couple of weeks ago. I remember sleeping ten hours on a Saturday, and and my day was was not good. I just felt groggy. I felt like I couldn't get moving, and I actually went to sleep earlier that night because I just felt like I felt off. I just felt off, and I'm sure a lot of people can understand exactly what I was going through there. So we. Let's just be honest. Like a lot of us live in a hectic world. We, we, we're go, go, go. And from the moment we wake up to the moment, like it's time to, to put it all to rest. Like we're still in that go mode. What are some ways that we can actually not just sleep better, but prepare our bodies for sleep? Correct. So uh, in my uh, the seven proven sleep strategies that I mentioned, I actually formed my, an acronym. My daughter, she's in law school. Uh, she actually went to University of Georgia. Uh, so, uh, so she said you need an acronym uh, for. So I have my own acronym called Sleep Now. So I'll go through that. If you have time, you want me of to course. start? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Perfect. All right. So first is the uh, the S in sleep. That is called the sleep schedule. So the most important time to sleep is between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. So that's a rough. You can go, you know, 30 minutes before and 30 minutes, you know, whichever way you want to. But sleep schedule is most important. A little clue here, if you're going to bed and you can, if you're going to bed at 10, you can't sleep till midnight. Most people, what they do, they actually start going to bed Earlier, they go to bed at 9. So now they're struggling three hours. So my best advice is if you cannot fall asleep till midnight, go to bed only by 11.30. And then, but make sure you wake up at 6, 6 o'clock in the morning. So you're keeping a schedule and eventually we can move it backwards. So this is called sleep restriction. It works wonderfully. So the basic concept is sleep schedule. So that's the S in the sleep now. Next is low temperature, low light, low noise for the you know, for the Larry L. So what happens is melatonin, the chemical that puts us to sleep, is only secreted in darkness. 
and in low temperature. So that's why it's important to have our bedroom cool. I tell people to experiment somewhere between 65 to 70. If you are on a tropical vacation, your sleep is very poor because of the temperature. Your melatonin is not secreted. Of course, low noise and low light. The danger here is the is the light from the electronics. So I'm going to talk in the next uh, next uh, next letter. So S L E E is electronics. So we all have our best friend, the phone. We dedicated three, four, five, six. Some people, children are spending eight to ten hours on the phone. And then the worst thing they do. Anyone, any of us do, including myself, is trying to bring the phone to your bedroom. In the bedroom, there is no ambient light, so the phone light is so powerful and it's telling the brain, the light enters the eye and tells the brain, hey, it's still daytime, there's no point going to sleep. Remember, the you know, the melatonin, the word mela is darkness, is only secreted in the nighttime. So electronics is a major problem. How do I uh, tell people to get off the electronics? The strategies, if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you're doing is picking up your phone, you have a cell phone addiction. So once you know that, that these are the two strategies you can do to help with the cell phone addiction. I tell them to uh, everybody to have a cell phone free zone. I don't use my cell phone an hour prior to going to sleep. That's that, that helps really well. And then I keep my phone not close to me in the bed. I take it away and keep it in the bathroom. I set an alarm so I literally have to wake up so I'm not bothered by the dings and the notifications. So that's that's part of the E. So next going along the next E is exercise. When you exercise, you are an expert in this field. You release a lot of endorphins and cortisol, but they are stimulants. I tell people exercise only at least four hours prior to going to sleep because of the same. And it also increases our body temperature. About, you know, the melatonin only secretes in cold. So that's another. So you're you're preparing, you know, you asked me for the steps. These are the steps we need to do. So S-L-E-E and then the P is powering off your mind. So you have to, you know, it's like a, it's like an evening dinner meal. You can't go straight to the main course. You have to have your wine. You have to have your salad. You have to have your hors d'oeuvres. So you're slowly preparing. So you just can't. We want sleep to be an on and off switch. But we, we just have to do it in a, in a, like a dimmer. So the P is powering off your mind. I also teach two techniques. This is important. Most people you about, know about yoga. This is called yoga nidra. N-I-D-R-A. That's called nidra means nothingness in Sanskrit. So you just have to lay in bed like a corpse. Keep your hand up. It's like a corpse pose. And you started thinking about something you know, you let your mind go. I also use this technique called vivid imagination. If you see a show, or if you have your own views, you use your imagination and just see what happens in the next next show or the next uh, uh, next serial. You know that what's happening. Instead of taking your worries to your bed, you need to use your imagination to start that. So we are leading. You know, next is in the sleep now acronym is N O. No to worries, right? So we are preparing all this. No to worry. I tell people to worry between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. I do that in my own life. You know, I was preparing for your show yesterday. I got everything done by, you know, I sent you the messages. So by 8 o'clock, I'm done. I don't, you know, I'm preparing my, slowly I'm preparing myself to go to bed. So I tell people to worry. If you can't do anything by 8 p.m., write it down. You resolve it next day. This has been a very practical approach. I've taught many, many folks over the, uh, over these years. So that's one. So now the last one. So we are in the sleep now. N-O is together. W is win by losing. In life, we win, win, win by doing everything. Sleep is one thing. You have to simplify 
take it easy by doing the other things and then you can win by just keeping your you know, schedule and the sleep process very simple. So that's my acronym. That's what I found out. It works day in and day out. I've helped hundreds of uh, people and I wanted to help more people. So that's my uh, secret sauce for uh, sleeping better. Well, I've I've never met her, but I I like your daughter. I think that was a great idea for for the acronym. That was that was great, and I think that that can help a lot of people start that process of actually. And I love that word six to eight. That's that's when you get <laughs> that's when you get to worry. And uh, one thing I do want to mention is is that it's because a lot of people who listen to this this show are, are runners and, and fitness enthusiasts, and I. You know, Hami, who started the, the company in the show, and, and I work out usually in the morning, but I know there's a lot of people who like to, to work out at night. And I have found, I, I, I want to commend you on this, because I have found those nights that I, I work out, it's not, not only is it hard for me to like, like bring it down and shut it down, but it's hard for me to like, t turn my mind off. Like, I, it feels like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm re yeah, exactly. I'm revved up. Like, I can go work out again. Um, and I think that's, that's great for some of the people that are listening. Now we, we do, we, we, we have to talk about the issues that people do have with, with sleep because we have come, I, I want to say they're getting more common just because of waistlines going up and, and people not eating the right foods, but we have sleep apnea and we have insomnia and things like that. How, how much is our diet? How much does that? help or hurt us when it comes to sleeping correct so i mentioned i have a chapter on sleep and weight mm -hmm. gain and weight loss it is so important sleep what happens when we don't sleep well the ratio of leptin and ghrelin leptin is the you know hormone that lowers our appetite ghrelin increases our appetites this ratio is reversed when you don't sleep well so what happens is we, we tend where we tend to make bad choices, we secrete more leptin, and then and ghrelin. You know, in a normal process, we should have you know increased leptin and less ghrelin. But when you're sleep deprived, you know it's the other way around. We are more uh, more of ghrelin and less of leptin. So then, what happens? You're more craving more food, and then what happens? You make wrong choices. We call the high glycemic index foods like you know you know carbs, sweets. And we have also noticed that if you eat that at least four hours prior to going to sleep, you're not going to have a good night's sleep. And also, when you don't sleep well, physically, you're more awake. When you're more awake, you have more time to eat. You know, shift workers, you know, they've done the study and they've seen people have more overweight in the shift worker because they have more time to be awake. And they, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're groggy, you make the wrong choices, right? So it's very important. And of course, when you gain weight, you, you have sleep apnea. That's a separate uh, entity, uh, you know, it's associated with stopping breathing, you know, correction of your sleep apnea will add 10 years to your life associated with high blood pressure, uncontrolled diabetes, memory problems, and all that in that line. So uh, bad sleep affects, uh, affects the hormonal balance and, and results in weight gain. So there you have it. Yeah, I, you know, I tell that that's one of the things that, you know, anybody who is going, you know, through something with sleep apnea, that's to me, that's one that's a scary thing to have. And, and because to, to just you know, stop breathing at night for seconds at a time, multiple times a night, that just and at no point, you know, when I'm working with people, do I do we focus on a scale or do we focus on, you know, just 
losing weight. We want to be like, have the whole picture and you want to make sure when you start a fitness routine and, and I've, I've told this story in the past, it's not really a story, but the moment I started, you know, changing how I ate and working out, I found that 9.30, I, my body just wanted to, to shut it down. And I, I found that six o'clock it was waking up. And I think there's so many ben- there's so many benefits of that connection between sleep, between healthy eating, between fitness, and between that like energy level that you have during the day. Um, and and I I would love to ask you about specifically let's talk about athletic performance because because people who are you don't have to be a world-class athlete, but people who want to work out every day, people who want to stay in good shape, people who may play amateur sports, may play adult sports, you know, how does sleep affect athletic performance? Great question. You know, I have a dedicated a chapter on that too, so on sleep and athletics. Uh, so what happens is athletes are under a lot of pressure to perform, right? And if you look at, there is an athletic screening questionnaire, and they found out athletes have much worse sleep than others, they are at risk for um, you know insomnia because of their schedule. And if, if you take a, if you take college athletes or high school athletes, they have to do pressure to study. Mm-hmm. And of course, professional athletes, you know, that's a different level. So they found out we have more problems among athletes. So if you screen them for insomnia specifically, they don't sleep much. On the contrary, and also the workout schedule, they work out later. But on the contrary, strong you know good sleep is needed for them to rest better so the muscles can rejuvenate and perform better. See, it's a, absolutely a paradox. So the elite athletes are focusing on sleep to, uh, you know, to help themselves. So they found that if you, uh, you know, several studies have shown that, you know, tennis players, when they serve better, when they sleep better, you know, if you look at the world's elite athletes, they all focus, you know, Djokovic came the other day and talked about it on, on 60 Minutes. So the elite uh, athletes do that. And also, um, and also, I, I found out in my own uh, process, there is a, I call the third quarter slumps. Uh, so what happened in the third quarter of my football team, my favorite football team, the Titans, we don't do well in the third quarter because it's the noontime, right? So so your your performance is uh, low. I've, I've looked into it. You know, there is, a, uh, there is a studies done where they looked at West Coast teams actually do better at the night games because everybody else is sleeping. That state has been there for 10 years, but I looked into the afternoon games and we don't do better. So the timing of this is also like afternoon sports. Everybody's lethargic. We never go to a meeting at 2.30. So I, I'm, an, I'm not a big fan of having anything around that, you know, 1.30, 3.30. So, so to answering your question, athletes have much worse sleep but they are required for their, you know, muscles to perform well. So that's the pattern. So, so we have to, at, at all levels, we have to focus on athletes' uh, sleep. Yeah, and that's a, that's amazing you say that because I know I'm 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 a Clemson grad and and I know the coach, the football coach there, actually yes. does sleep studies with the with, yeah. with the players because yes. it's so yes. important now. And this is a hypothetical, and I, I think you're the right person to ask. So you just yes. mentioned that timing yes. of the Sunday yes. games. You mentioned yes. So if I if I'm a player if I'm a player yes. and I know at least eight times a season, mm-hmm. maybe nine depending on now the, the 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 extra game, I'm going to be playing at this like forbidden time, which is so tough to play. Correct. Is there a way I can at least prepare 
my body during the season, like a, a, a time I need to wake up or a time I need to eat or a time I need to get to sleep bef- the night before. If I know this information already, can I at least prepare myself? Perfect. So, so it's, it's, it's uh, simple. So we're trying to avoid that lull in the afternoon. That's a circadian rhythm. You know, the circadian rhythm has two rhythms. So it's more brighter in the morning at 7 o'clock and evening at 7 p.m. So that's why we all run to meetings at 7 a.m. And the TV time is clamoring for 7 o'clock because it's called prime time because they know we are at, at our best at that time. But between 2 and 4 in the morning and 2 and 4 in the afternoon, there is a lull because of the natural process. You know, the, the influence from the sun is low and the body's homeostatic drive to sleep is higher. So it kind of collides there and, uh, you know, the, that's when we are more vulnerable. So what do you do? So, you know, caffeine is not banned. So if you can take a caffeine by the second quarter to promote, the to push the clock back, and if you sleep, like at least prepare sleep more two or three days in advance so you are gaining that you know you're shifting your clock uh, i sometimes use light therapy uh, to shift uh, you know to 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 shift the clock and also avoiding a, a carb driven meal uh, for lunch uh, during that so to 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 push that uh, you know the uh, even in, even in breakfast you you should should not have a high carb meal to, to to delay that onset of the uh, uh, the lull and also I have a quick extra workout between the after the end of the second uh, half to get ready so that you're pushing that uh, natural lull see the reaction time is 0.4 seconds just a turn you have a gap you know so so you are you you know you, you can even feel the crowd is a lull you know I've been sitting there, I'm in a season ticket holder I've been sitting there for years and I said what is going on so I actually looked at the numbers we have last year we had minus 23 and the year before we have net point differential minus 19 so the offense not doing well defense everybody is affected by it mm-hmm. and you also touched on it a lot of athletes are also at high risk for sleep disorders like sleep apnea and also restless legs so i think the screening uh, you know of course sleep apnea is related to weight you know you need a lot of muscle and weight to to perform in the higher level uh, so th- that that's excellent that your coach used to screen for uh, for that he probably used the you know the uh, the the sleep uh, athletic sleep uh, questionnaire is what i'm thinking probably so and i think it's it's one of those things that we're starting i, I hate to say that we're starting we're probably past starting but it you know athletic programs are starting to see the body as a whole Because you have to. I remember when I played sports, it was kind of just like, okay, we're going to lift weights and we're going to run and we're going to eat whatever. And it's like now we're actually looking at the the macro, micro people putting in their body, looking at their sleep patterns. They're looking Mm -hmm. at their mental health. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to take this because let's be honest, we live in a very stress-inducing environment. Yes, yes. And I... I don't have the data and I don't know everybody in the world, but I'm sure cortisol levels are at all time highs. They, I mean, they, they, I mean, different, like the cortisol used to be, I say not at all time high. I say the usage of it probably is at a all time low because in the past people have always been stressed. There's always been a stressor and we've always had kind of the use of it. And now with all the things happening in the world, everybody has the news up 24 hours a day. We have these Instagram to everybody is always there's the high cortisol levels. How does how does the fact that people have this high level, but they're not burning it, they're not using it how they're supposed to? How does that how does stress affect sleep? 
So, so you know, stress is the one number one cause of poor sleep. Stress leads to anxiety. So people have something called sleep anxiety. They're afraid to go to sleep. You should be like ready to like when we are children, we're like just can't wait, right? When life happens to all of us, then 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 we can't sleep. So this is a very so it's a vicious cycle. L- lack of sleep leads to you know causes more anxiety and depression, and anxiety and depression feeds into poor sleep. It's a vicious cycle, you know. Uh, so we can't we have to get over that. So the question is, but if, when you sleep better, like I mentioned, we heal, and so we can and 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 our anxiety gets better. So instead of taking medications, if you can focus on your sleep. Then we can, uh, you know, we can we can deal with the the whole world better, and you'll be less anxious. So it's a it's a cycle we have to get through. So my focus is by helping people to, you know, uh, sleep better. You your anxiety symptoms will be better. Hundred percent true. Yeah, I think a lot of us can can learn from that because I think, um, and I'll, I'll 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 include myself in this. A lot of times we think that yeah. the anxiety is just this is just there. Like it's I I I can't. I, I, you know, stay awake at night thinking about the next day, stay awake mm-hmm. at night thinking about, you know, um, what I have to do in the following year. Like people are saying it uh, asleep, they're saying awake right now thinking about what, what 2024 is going to be like. Like it's, it's one of those things that we can't, some of us can't turn our brains off. I don't know. I'm not going to say can't, I'm not going to say can't. It's, we haven't found out a way. A, a way to do it yet we okay. i believe we can and one of the ways of course is is going to your website and using you and it's over at sleepfixacademy.com it'll a link to it will be in the show kind of talk about you offer a one-on-one consultation to people uh, you know when they start the program and they can email you or go through the website what are some of the things that you talk about or ask on that one-on-one consultation so um you know i have i'm offering this course on the website it's being prepared uh you know my my books available and my podcasts are available. You know, I've recorded plenty of podcasts. One-on-one consultation, I think it's, it's going to be in the future, uh, like the coaching. So I'm going through this process. I'm early in my uh, early in this uh, what my aim is, but I'm building my basics, uh, like uh, you know, getting the getting the book, uh, getting on the shows to to get the message around and then forming the course and also the final, I don't have that coaching strategy yet, but I, I'm working on it. That's going to be the eventual, but I have included a lot in this, uh, in, in my book and in my, uh, you know, sleep now course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so remember about worrying. We have to worry. I tell people to worry, but remember I told you yep. to worry six to between eight. six, six to eight PM. And right. So when you lay down, you have to use the imagination not on the future, but something of the abstract. This is nothing about, uh, you know, the, the simple definition my psychiatrist friend says is, what is anxiety? Anxiety is the worry about the future. What's depression? Depression is worrying about the past. So well, we, we don't need to do that. We just have to take our mind to our own creativity and do something, you know. So don't dwell on it. You just have to let it go. So, you know, so we are, we all, we all worry. We have to worry. We are human beings. The moment we are in this world as adults and children, we all worry. So that's my strategy, which I included in that, you know, the acronym, mm-hmm. uh, no to worries, N-O. <laughs> and <laughs> so, I, I love it. And so let's, let's talk about the book because like you mentioned, you were ICU and you felt so passionate about sleep that you 
I'm not going to say did a 180. You're still a doctor, but you cut, let, let's call it like a 90 degree. Let's call it like a ni- 45 to 90 degree, but you, right, 90, yeah, yes. 90 degree. So, and you felt so passionate that you made this turn. Plus you took the time to write a book about it. <laughs> why, why kind of talk about like, why sleep? What did you see? Is it something that happened in your life? Why sleep? Correct. You know, I've I've suffered insomnia in med school. Nobody sleeps. We're all competitive. Uh, test anxiety was a huge thing in my life. I said I have to figure this out because tests. Even I now I have to take tests. Right. I've been in this business for <laughs> so many years. But so I found a way. I give it all. And after a, you know two three days prior to prepare the test, I don't even study because I've already done it. I try to focus on sleep, trying to to make it better. So. Uh, Ten years into my uh, into my you know after med school, I programmed a program. I was able to, to do that, and of course, when when you know when my mom passed away, you know I was in tremendous grief. I couldn't. I was a victim. You know the same thing happened. But I found a way to change my scenery. I took a time off uh, just to clear my mind. But the fundamental thing is, I knew how to sleep from a young age. So. My focus is also have the children to know that habit because, you know, we all will fall off. Then about three years ago when I came out and started my own practice, all this, you know, how to do this, do that. So that's when I came up with a worrying time, 6 to 8 p.m. So we, we all are in it. We all suffer from it. But if you know the basics, you can get over it. And the earlier we learn, it's the better it is. Uh, and, you know, I, my, my background is ICU, pulmonary. I did that. I also did sleep. But, you know... When, when you have an ICU patient or a patient with lung cancer cannot breathe, they take precedence. And to see me was like six months wait. Uh, and, and of course, the absolute sleep deprivation is in the ICU. Patients uh, become so agitated, you know, when they're not, you know, we wake them up so many times. People are because of taking blood pressure. So I saw the first-hand effect of sleep deprivation in the ICU, you know, hallucinations, delusions, in, you know, all, all happen. So then I, did, I made the transition and I said, and also a lot of health problems like diabetes, high blood pressure. And when you have high blood pressure, you can have a stroke. You have you can have, uh, you know, arrhythmias. So I saw all that there, and also obesity and overweight. I said, why don't we do at the you know uh, at the preventive cost? And when I looked at all those things, one of the common denominators in all these illnesses you know, the lack of sleep. <laughs> so, so then you have, you're more motivated, your, your mental health is better, your physical health, you have more energy to work out. So you become a better student. So all those things happen. Uh, but, but our sleep is under attack because of all the pressures and, and the cell phones. So, uh, you know, I'm actually going to start a new thing. I've already started it. I'm turning off my cell phone or not looking at it from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. I started like a week ago. I'm able to do it. Uh, so less of phones, absolutely. If I, somebody calls me, I'm going to answer, but 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I'm going to be hard at it, but 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. I'm going to be, uh, less of it. I started because before we make the new resolution, I'm planning to do it at least two, three weeks early into it. So I can, yeah, you know, so next year's resolution, I've already taken it, uh, 12 hours of, uh, uh, you know, I, I used to s- stop my phone at uh, like nine. Now I moved it to, uh, to seven. So that's my goal. And, and through and that's great. And through all this, you decided to to write the book. Who yes. was, was that? Was that just your way of saying, "Hey, I, I I have to help as many people as possible." Correct. How many people can I see? And I, I don't see many. I only see like you know, I take a lot of time explaining. I see about ten, twelve patients a day. So then it's the same pattern. Everybody is coming with the same problem. Half they cannot sleep. Half they snore. 
So he said the snoring or insomnia. I said, wow, this is this has to be addressed. And I put them in my program. I the you know I make them do the journal, uh, which is and you know sleep assessment. I work with them, and six weeks later. Wow, you know they're able to sleep better. You know they're able to get off their medications. Uh, you know, so I, that's my goal. And I said, the, and the only way is to to write a book. And this is the hardest thing I ever done. It is. It took me like two years of writing, and then you know I have the you know experts in the field to guide me through it. I've never wrote. It. I've never written a book, so they have helped me to you know bring this powerful message. Uh, and the whole team has been inspired by by this writing. They said we got to. Get this message. So it was supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, the pub. They call the pub date was supposed to be in July, but there's so much demand. The the CEO of the company came and met with me. They're going to crash the book. They call it. It's going to be crashed to February now. <laughs> so, I mean that that's a good problem to have. Like that's, yes, that's, that's yes, a great yes. problem to have. Yes. So and people started ordering on Amazon, and and I became the Amazon bestseller without any publicity. <laughs> so, that's 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 awesome. That is great. So, so there's a huge need, and there's a big vacuum, and and you know there's you know many doctors, uh, but you know that are under universities. But it takes a lot of courage to come out and just write it and get on and promote it. Uh, so I'm taking on my life missions to do this. That is great, and and they'll have a link to the book in the show notes for everybody to go in and pre-order or order, depending on when you're you're listening to this. So. You know, I, I other than kind of, you know, one of the, the last things I want to talk to you about, because I think the, the part of it that I that I know for a fact that people don't really understand is is other than a sleep, like somebody going out and getting a sleep study or taking the device home and, and having it mon other than having someone record your sleep and give you information on it, is there any way that I can gain information about my sleep on my own? Or is it the best way to have one of these sleep studies done? So the sleep study is to rule out sleep apnea mm-hmm. uh, or other sleep dis- disorders. To assess the quality of your sleep, I tell people to make a journal. Uh, I will have that available on my website, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also available on my book. You know, I, I've given that free printout. So you just jot, jot down and see a pattern. And this eye-opening. People take caffeine at eight o'clock or nine o'clock. You know, they take a nap. They drink alcohol. You know, I have hundreds of patients. They look at it and say, "Oh my God, I can change these things." But if, you know, we never talked about you know caffeine stimulant. It can be it, it can be there for uh, it can last up to twelve hours. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, uh, you know, there's so much caffeine in this uh, in this newer drinks. So they see that they they can literally see that. But the home device is to, uh, you know, is to uh, home device or the in lab studies look at sleep disorders like sleep apnea or you know REM behavior disorders or periodic limb movements and all that. So to assess your sleep, and there's a lot of uh, apps and people wear all this, but I'm not a big fan of it. I all only tell people to get a get a rough idea. But what happens if people get all these devices and then they ruminate? They don't know what to do and they affect the sleep. So, so too much information and worrying about sleep, uh, you know, it's like it's not going to happen. It's like watering a plant too much; it's going to die. Or it's, <laughs> that's what I tell people. Once you see me, just follow what I'm telling you. Do no need to do any more research. Like I said, the win. This is one strategy. 
uh, or one phenomenon in your life, you win by losing. You have to lose yourself. You get, you can't, you know, like work out. I'm gonna, you know, bench press more. I'm gonna lift higher pounds. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and and you know, I. You're absolutely right because, and I think people need to understand, like any of the devices, like I have, I have a smartwatch, and and it yes. does, it, it, it says it can track my sleep, and but if you read the fine print, like it's not a, it's it's not always accurate. It's not right. a medical diagnosis. It's kind uh-huh. of a gauge. Yes, um, that's it. And, gauge is the word. Yeah. Yes. And if you and if you sleep on the watch, like you, you yeah. somehow you roll over on it, it doesn't. Yes. I mean, there's so yeah. many variables to it. Yes. And I can just see people just ruminating over, oh, this yes. Thursday night I got it says I I got three hours of REM, but Friday yes. I only got one. Yes, like, what do I and do? they don't sleep. You you can't do that. You just have to get a get a feel. I guess I use it as a gauge, and I tell people take all the variables out. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Uh, it's not it's not leading you anywhere. <laughs> that uh, that sounds so like my wife. She'll come to me like my my Apple Watch said I only got. I was like that. I mean. Maybe, like maybe it's right. Maybe. <laughs> That's right. So. Maybe. so the most important point, how you feel the next day, you slept seven, eight hours and you're, you're, you feel good. Mm-hmm. You don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. But if you're still tired, you know, either you don't sleep that much or you, you slept that much. You, you still have, you're still tired. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the teenagers have this, you know, sleep debt. Mm-hmm. They make it up. But if you're constantly sleeping eight hours and you're still tired, you really have a sleep problem. It's a time to sleep, see a mm-hmm. specialist or your primary care doctor. That is great to know, Dr. John. This has been a pleasure. Other than the website, how else can people find out more about you online? I'm, uh, you know, I'm Dr. Sleep Fix. I'm, you know, I'm on all the social media handles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a TikTok account we just created. I'm brand new into all these things. I'm learning, you know, mm-hmm. my videos are not the best quality, but I said, give it, give me a month. I'll, I'll be there. But I, my content is great. People listening are like, wow, great content. So I'm a believer. Sometimes, you know, I, I have to improve uh, my presentation. It'll get better. So I am Dr. Sleep Fix. I'm on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn, and so I'm Dr. Bijoy John and, you know, Sleep Fix or Sleep Fix Academy. Uh, so my aim is to fix sleep. So I took that name, Dr. Sleep Fix. So I have to ask you, you said your daughter helped you with the acronym. Did she help you yes. setting up the TikTok account? Is she helping you with that at no, all? No, I got pro- professional people. Yeah, right. <laughs> she, she's in law school now. She's too busy. She didn't have time. She didn't have time. She didn't have time. time for your TikTok no. dad. I no, can't no. do that. They all see it and comment on it. They want that to be like perfect. I said I can't be perfect, but... But everyone else who listened to it, they're like, wow, what a great message. (laughs) Oh, you got to love them. You got to love them. So, Dr. John, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, And I... One, I want to commend you on 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 making the turn and, and helping people with this very important part of their health and wellness. And, yeah. and two, uh, anybody listening to the show know how I feel about the writing process and authors. And I, I I commend you on on writing it, getting an editor, you know, going back and making the changes, getting yeah. somebody to publish it. That is a uh, that is something great, and um, I, I really wish you success with the book. Thank you so much for being on the show. You take care of yourself, and I hope you have a great night's sleep tonight. Uh, That's guaranteed, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, as always, for listening to the 6 a.m. Run podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark Paisant. Please like and subscribe to the show. 
so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AMRun to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.